clock has hit zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. BYU wraps up the regular season with a 13-3 loss at San Diego State. The Cougars ending the regular season with a record of 7-5. and five. Now with a couple of weeks off for heading to Hawaii for the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. The opposition for that game still to be determined. Let's check out other games in Top 25 college basketball today. We'll start at the top. Number one, Ohio State gets the win over number 13, Michigan, 56-27. Jim Harbaugh now 0-5 against the Buckeyes. Number two, LSU defeating Texas A&M, 50-7 the final score. Third-ranked Clemson takes down South Carolina 38-3. It was fourth-ranked Georgia on top of Georgia Tech, 52-7. 15th-ranked Auburn upsets number 5 Alabama, 48-45. Number 6 Utah gets the win at home over Colorado, 45-15. Number 7 Oklahoma wins at number 21 Oklahoma State, 34-16. Another upset on the day, number 12 Wisconsin, defeating the 8th-ranked Minnesota Golden Gophers, 38-17. This score is unbelievable. Number nine, Baylor 61, Kansas 6. An absolute blowout win for Baylor in Lawrence. Number 10, Penn State gets the win over Rutgers 27-6. Florida, 11th ranked in the country, defeats Florida State 40-17. Number 14, Oregon on top of Oregon State 24-10. Number 16, Notre Dame 45-24 over Stanford. And the last upset of the day, Kansas State Wins by 10 over number 23, Iowa State, 27-17. to 17. Coming up on the other side, we'll recap today's BYU basketball game. BYU hosting Montana Tech at the Marriott Center. We'll get to that coming up. San Diego State defeating BYU tonight in San Diego, 13-3. More Cougar Post Game Live coming your way next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars fall to the San Diego State Aztecs in Southern California, 13-3 the final score. BYU wrapping up the regular season with a record of 7-5. and Earlier today at the Marriott Center in Provo, the BYU basketball team making their return to the mainland after a very successful Maui Invitational where BYU won two of three and finished third over in that prestigious tournament. They return home to host Montana Tech, dropping down a division to play the Ore Diggers. And this was all BYU. The BYU Cougars win 98-63, just two off of, well, in the regular season, it was a, a high for points score. They did score 100 against uh, the uh, UT Tyler team in exhibition, but for the regular season, it was a season high in points scored. 98-63, the final score. The most impressive part of the victory is the fact that BYU shooting continues to be at such a high level. BYU shot 69% from the floor. That is the sixth highest field goal percentage for BYU in program history. They were also 52% from three, 12 of 23 threes. They were led in scoring by Jake Toulson with 17, TJ Haas with 15, Zach Selyus with 14, and Colby Lee continues his 
excellent play to begin the season. 11 points on four of six shooting. That is the ninth game. The final game without Yoli Childs. The Cougars back in action Wednesday night in Salt Lake City at the Huntsman Center against the University of Utah. They will have Yoli Childs back in the lineup getting closer to full strength. Your final from San Diego tonight, 13-3. to San Diego State beating BYU. We'll come back and wrap things up here in Provo and get you back out to San Diego in just a little bit on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougars fall in the regular season finale 13-3 to the San Diego State Aztecs. The next game for the BYU football team will be the Hawaii Bowl coming up on Christmas Eve. Still waiting to find out who BYU will play in that game. But after this game, Cougars will fly home. Uh, probably have a couple of days off and then get right back at practice. Head coach Kalani Satake said he's looking forward to the extra practice for this team as they get ready for the bowl game. And uh, that'll be the next time you'll see this BYU team. Uh, in the meantime, we'll have lots of basketball for you. Uh, and that's going to be a wrap here from Provo. We're going to get you back out to San Diego, let you hear from head coach Kalani Satake and some of the players coming up during the Cougar Locker Room Show. That's next. It's 13-3. to Final score, San Diego State over BYU on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, it was an inefficient night for the BYU Cougars falling to San Diego State 13-3. You say if you're going to snap it 81 times at five yards a play for 416 yards, you're going to have somewhere north of three points, Riley. That's just that's just too many plays in yards to score only three, bottom line, right? Yeah, I, the word keeps coming back to me that you got to be clutch, right? Timely, clutch, uh, you know, come up big, whatever whatever vernacular you want to use, you have to be there. And they weren't there on third down. They weren't there in the scoring opportunities, and they definitely weren't there once they got in or near the red zone. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think. They only had the two passes at the end, the one to Micah Simon on the near sideline and the other one were the only two shots they had at the end zone. And when you do that in a minute, so two shots at the end zone in 81 plays and going up and down the field a total of four times, right, or 400-plus yards, um, I don't mean to enter a world of hyperbole here, but that's unacceptable. So where could be all you've expected to get points otherwise? Well, they got to the San Diego State 36 and turned it over on downs. Now that means you're a 30, you're a 53-yard field goal. We already know that uh, Jake Oldroyd's good from 50-plus, but they weren't kicking Jake tonight. So maybe that's kind of a moot point. Either way, they were at the 36 and gave it over on downs. And they actually had a fourth and six play that gained them four yards. It was kind of a weird route, ended up two yards short. Uh, they got to the 40 and punted away. Uh, they got to, they were at their own 46 uh, when they had a fumble. Uh, they don't know they had a pick at their own 25. Uh, they had a field goal miss of 26. They had a field goal miss of 28. They had a pick near midfield at the BYU 48. So in all those instances, BYU could have reasonably expected to score points and did not. 
and they lose by just two scores in a 13-3 to ball game. So uh, the opportunities were there, the yards were there, the plays were not. Uh, BYU got a little better in the second half on third downs, but the Ofer in the first half kind of set the tone for BYU tonight on those third down uh, situations. San Diego State gets out of here with only uh, at 4.5 yards per play and 2.8 yards per rush with a win. Well, fans, title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Tonight it seemed like the easy was complicated for BYU. This is the Cougar Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Still waiting on BYU players and Kalani Sitake on the Cougar Locker Room Show. Fans, make sure you can witness every exciting moment at Lavelle Edwards Stadium next season. New season tickets are on sale now for the 2020 season. Go to BYUtickets.com to get yours today. We'll be soon heading down to the podium to hear from uh, Kalani Sitake. We believe that Kalani will be the first uh, person to speak at the podium. Then we'll get to you uh, some player comments as we are live from San Diego. BYU falls to San Diego State by a score of 13 to 3 tonight. It was a night on which the uh, redshirt freshman getting his first snaps at the FBS level outplayed uh, BYU's veteran quarterback tonight. Uh, Carson Baker, 19. Now they were asked to do different things. Uh, one guy was throwing it 24 times, one guy was throwing it 53 times. That said, Carson Baker was pretty good in the snaps he got tonight. 19 for 24 for a buck 72. One touchdown, no picks, and a passer rating of 153.1. As I noted earlier, when, uh, when, when you get to 150 in pass, in pass efficiency, your team stands a really good chance of victory. And, uh, and that was a number that, uh, that San Diego State and Carson Baker got to tonight when uh, BYU ended up at a 101 from Zach Wilson on a 31 for 53 uh, throwing that. Again, 31 completions is a big number. Uh, the yards per completion, uh, 10.6, pretty humdrum at 316 total yards. Uh, no touchdowns, the bigger thing, the two picks. Yeah, you know, you mentioned those numbers, and you said they were asked to do different things. Well, Carson Baker didn't have the luxury of a run game either. San Diego State averaged 2.8 yards per carry. It's not like they were running the ball, and he was able to, you know, turn around, hand the ball off, and only throw when he was asked to. He had to make some timely throws and and do that. Granted, when you say on the offense, that's only looking at the offense in a vacuum. Obviously, the play of the defense has to do with, the you know it affects the circumstances and the play and situations that the quarterback are put into but um yeah as a QB in a game like this where you have to in the pregame I said you need assertive patience and the two interceptions that were thrown were balls that were thrown over the middle under pressure uh, without a clear look at an open receiver, you can't do that. You can do that to the to the to the edge when you've got one on one and a guy running up the sideline. And if your guy doesn't come out down with it, chances are it's going to fall incomplete out, out of bounds. But you can't throw balls that are unassertive and that float over the middle of the field against a good defense, or you're going to pay every time. The ones the one strip sack, it was a you're in max protection. It was a flea flicker. You had eight guys in there. You don't expect to have any kind of 
you don't expect to have any kind of pressure there. Uh, it was a good play by their nickel back on Brady Christensen. But, um, yeah, just unfortunate missed opportunities. Let's head down to the Cougar locker room area for head coach Kalani Sitake's postgame comments. From the last 60 minutes that we watched, and uh, there, there's some good things, and there's some, um, I mean, we look at the stats, we've got way more yards and more first downs, and they just had more points. We, we turned the ball over. I thought, uh, you know, basically lost the, the special teams battle, and then uh, I think offensively we weren't able to put points on the board, so the defense was a wash, and offense turned the ball over. So that, that's, we'll get that fixed, and it's my job as head coach to get that right. What was the re- what did you see about you know the failure to finish because you had some drives to get you mm-hmm. know, and had opportunities but something always stopped. Have to go and evaluate it all again. I mean that's that's um, I think probably the offensive coaches will have a little bit you know we talked about it but I, I at that moment it's just trying to find a way to get in the end zone. It, it was uh, um, that's not indicative of what we can do. So um, whatever the answer is, we'll find it and make sure that we perform better. But it's just tough. You know I, I thought. Um, Defensively, I thought the guys did, did well, and um, you know, only thing we could have done to win the game was shut them out, and that's what it would taken and and get get some turnovers. You know, I thought um, San Diego State took care of the ball and, and were mindful of it and didn't take a lot of risks, and we weren't able to capitalize on it, and and uh, that's we just got to go back and get get back to work. How would you assess how Zach played tonight? I'd have watched a little bit more of it. I, I mean, we threw the ball a lot, and. and uh, all I care about is, is winning, so uh, none of us played well enough to win, so I'm probably disappointed in everyone, including myself. And that's what we'll start first and see what we can, contr- can control. Talk about the field goal kicking. It's just been a struggle this yep. last half of the season. Yeah, and, you know, we thought Scotter had won the position uh, um, from the competition last week and uh, obviously didn't, didn't pan out, you know, but I still believe in those guys. They've shown that they can kick the ball well, right? And uh, this hasn't shown up the last few weeks, you know, and that that needs to change. And um, I, I try to get that fixed. Was there ever the thought of going with a different quarterback tonight, besides Zach? No, not really. I mean, I, I think that uh, that's something that we always have to evaluate as we go throughout the whole season. But um, you know, we were moving the ball; we just weren't scoring points. And that's—I I really don't care how we do it. We just got to put more points on the board and get more touchdowns instead of field goal attempts. What's going to be the main concern, or what's the first thing you're going to start working on once the team starts practicing again for the bowl game? Yeah, just trying to win the, the bowl game and getting and you know being able to get more points on the board. That's going to be the first thing. And uh, I know one thing: you just get to work, right? And, and uh, we have one more game to play with these seniors, and there's an opportunity for us to get better. We have a lot of practices to use to get our guys better and get it cleaner, and, and uh, we'll work on that. I, I felt like there's a lot of guys that played really well tonight. And this this loss kind of um, overshadows all of that. Talk about you, you touched on the defense, but I mean I think you held them to about 100 yards rushing, and you know they're a team that likes to try and run the ball. Mm-hmm. Had some big pass plays, but you know defensively it held them to 13 points. Yeah, and I, th- I thought I thought they did a good job having their quarterback be really safe with the ball. You know I think um, they did a lot of max protection things like that, and and um, they they were able to pick and choose when they wanted. But I thought first down wise we kept them out of first downs, but. It comes down to defensively that end, that drive at the end of the end of the half that hurt you know and giving up so that that long touchdown that's something that we we 
I, I thought we should have had a pick on that one. We were playing that bender. We should have been. We should have our, our linebacker there. We've done it over and over for years now. I mean, for weeks now, and then for the whole entire year. And that was one of those moments where we missed that opportunity to make that pick. And um, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that we can evaluate and, and, and kind of get get better. But that's where I'm gonna get 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 going. And defensively, if we needed to, we should have shut them out so we can win the game. But I think San Diego State, you got to even give them a lot of credit for their game plan. And, um, you know, they, they won in the stats that matter the most, and that's turnovers and, and the total score. What was the message to the boys after this game because of all the disappointment? Yeah, keep their head up, heads up and believe in each other. And, and um, we're not going to, this, this, this will make our team closer. You know, we're not going to be, it's not going to divide our team. So we'll, we'll just believe in each other and love each other and let's learn from this and get better so that, uh, the, you know, we have to say goodbye to these seniors. Uh, and uh, the best way to do it is with a win. So we got to move on, but we got we can't just move on and forget about this game. We have to learn from it. I think that's really important for our culture for us to learn and get better. And that's coaches and players, everyone involved. Last couple of questions. Do you think Zach's hand is 100 percent? Some of those balls he threw fluttered. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think the the one was he was hit, but I got to take a look at the other ones and see how accurate. It's hard for see from for me to see on the sideline how accurate the throws were or not, but we're going to evaluate all of it. I mean, that's we evaluate every position. It's not just one. So, But I know that all the guys are going to take ownership of their part in it, and, and, and they want to get better, and, and that's my job as head coach to make the, the decisions to get the right guys on the field so we can score points and win games. Anything else? All right, guys, thank all right, you. Thanks. Thanks. All right, the so Cougar Locker Room Show continues from San Diego after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. The Cougar Locker Room Show continues from San Diego, where San Diego State defeats BYU 13-3 to end both teams' regular season. Isaiah Kafusi speaking in the Cougar Locker Room area now. And, you know, was very composed, thought he, he played a great game, you know, didn't really force a ton of throws and, and didn't really make uh, big mistakes. And, and the ones that he did, we really didn't capitalize on, so... Um, you know, proud of him though, and, and you know, I'm sure the the future is bright for him. And um, you know, just wish we would have capitalized more. You guys played that first half. I, I mean, almost all this defense, all but maybe the last like 90 seconds mm-hmm. or so. Can you finger anything kind of on that last drive that maybe got away from you guys a little bit that they scored that touchdown? On? Yeah, thinking back, I, I can't really you know think of something. You know, where that's something more that the film will show. Sure. Um, you know, they, they caught us in some, you know, a certain defense, and, and they really capitalized, and I can't think they kind of kept going back. And, you know, they ran the play, one of the, basically the touchdown play like four or five times, and they didn't, they didn't really, you know, anything happen or, you know, I don't know, but, you know, they ran it, you know, that one time and, and got us in the right call, and it was, you know, they capitalized on that, so. How big what? of a deal was that, just going into halftime, all of a sudden you're behind when you, you know, you had the lead, 3-0 up until that point? Yeah, I, I think, you know, really we got to learn how to just finish, you know, finish the half, finish the game. Uh, that's kind of been a goal of ours, and, and we've done pretty well at it this year, and, and sometimes we haven't done really well. So, um, you know, I think just as a, as a team and as a defense, that's just frustrating to not be able to finish, you know, the, you know, the last 90 seconds or so. And, and that was, that was kind of, that kind of hurt us, you know. At, at the end of the game, it, it really hurt us, so. Why do you think this team, just in 12 games, was so inconsistent? Great one week, not so great. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the year it was like that. I think the last, um, you know, five weeks, five six weeks, we've been pretty consistent, and um, 
you know, tonight just, you know, something happened and, and can't really pinpoint exactly what it was. But, um, you know, I think we kind of figured out, you know, what, how to be better and what to do. But, um, you know, tonight they just got us. So. I know you guys are a team and you'll always, you know, have each other's backs. Yeah. But how hard is it when the offense is having such a tough time getting any points, offense, special teams, just having such a tough time to get, the, get any points on You know, it, we, from, from the beginning of the week, we knew that this defense was going to be a great defense and that they were going to play great. And so, you know, it, for us as defensively, we, we had the mindset that, you know, we're going to cheer on the offense, we're going to, you know, give them our, our support and just play defense, you know. So, really, it's not super hard. You know, we, we knew and, and have faith and believe in our offense. You know, we have, we've seen great snip, um, you know, great plays from our offense and, and great drives and great series and games. Um, and so we were we were confident in our offense. You know, it wasn't it wasn't their fault at all. You've had to answer the question a couple times this season. But what's what's the key? What's it going to take to rebound for the bowl game? Yeah, I, I think really just stepping up and, and really digging back to the basics. You know, I think uh, Kalani alluded to it, but um, techniques were, were you know down the stretch kind of had failed us, and, and we just got to be better at at really honing in on our alignment assignment techniques and just really you know making the best of those opportunities that we have to, to pr- you know prove. You know that that we have good technique and really all that. Anything else with Isaiah? Thank you guys. Thanks. All right, quarterback Zach Wilson next on the Cougar Locker Room Show. This is BYU Football on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Catching the tail end of Zach Wilson's comments here in San Diego outside the Cougar locker room. We got to do better on offense and, you know, stats or whatever, but, you know, uh, we got to, I mean, getting in the end zone is the best stat to have, so we got to get in the end zone. Was your hand bothering you tonight at all? No, I got, I mean, I got it smashed on one. I think, you know, the biggest problem was just a lot of off balance throws, a lot of, you know, small pockets, trying to make plays, you know, it wasn't, uh, comfortable situation sitting in that pocket and so I got to be I got to be able to make you know better throws off platform and um, you know it was, it was mostly just trying to make a play out there and you know a lot of balls got tipped they did a great job they had they got a lot of hands on balls and you know I'm back on my throwing motion and you know hit the ball on a guy a couple times and the ball flutters in the air you know they did they did get a, a good job of um, you know bringing the aggressive pass rush how much did it change when they were able to put that touchdown right before that the half? Because all of a sudden, you know, you're ahead, not playing mm-hmm. great, but ahead. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're going into the second half behind. Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, um, you know, the moral of the story, you know, not even worrying about the, the, the points on the scoreboard, whether we were up or down before half, but just, you know, the offense just needs to finish. We just got to do better in general and um, had a lot of opportunities to, to score, and we just didn't take advantage of them. Guys have had to rebound a couple times this year. What's kind of the key to it? I'm, I'm assuming you're probably going to take a couple of days off, rethink this, examine it, all that, and then yeah. rebound for the bowl game. Or what's yeah. Kind of key to that? Yeah. I mean, just going back to practice, trying to get guys healthy. Um, you know, still, uh, still got a bowl game ahead of us, and so we're going to, you know, approach that, approach this film with learning experience, and, and guys are going to take it seriously, and we're going to try and finish strong. All right, that is the Cougar Locker Room Show and quarterback Zach Wilson. Cougar Postgame Coaches Show is coming up on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America Visa credit cards featuring triple rewards. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to San Diego, California. It is Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson and the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake is forthcoming. BYU falls to San Diego State tonight by a score of 13-3. to Time for the Mountain America field goal recap. For each field goal make, BYU makes. Mountain America donates $500 to the American Red Cross. Today, the Cougars made one field goal for a running total of 15 field goals this season bringing the total to $7,500. Rocky Long's the head coach of the Aztecs, and he spoke a short time ago. It's great to win. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have nine wins on your record, and we're looking forward to the bowl game. I, BYU is a very good football team, and they're a class act. So any chance you have uh, in the, to play them, you know you're going to get their best, and we gave our best tonight. And I guess we made our field goals, and they missed theirs, so we actually won the game. BYU came in the game, um, averaged 30 on the season, 42 over his last four games. You got to give him three. What does it say about the defense? Well, now that the regular season's over, I think our defense played as well as any defense I've ever been around. All right, that is a Rocky Long opening comments from Coach Long. Uh, we will do this. We will queue up Kalani Sitake and put him on the headset, have him live when we come back to San Diego. The Aztecs defeat the Cougars by a score of 13-3. to We'll hear some more from Rocky coming up in a little bit, but we'll get to Kalani coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to San Diego, California. San Diego State 13 and BYU 3. This is the BYU Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. We are joined by the head coach of the Cougars, uh, Kalani Sitake, right now from the uh, BYU locker room area. Uh, coach Sitake, we just heard from Rocky Long a few snippets of his comments a moment ago, and he said kind of succinctly, he said, well, they missed their field goals, and we made ours, and so we won the game. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, they created turnovers. We, uh, we didn't get any, and uh, I thought – Defensively, other than, than not uh, getting any turnovers, and I thought um, we gave a couple, a few big plays, but I thought they played hard. I thought the entire team played hard. We just didn't score enough points. We, um, it's just, it's just a tough loss to, to go through when we had more yards, had everything except for the turnover. We won everything except for the turnover margin and the score, which matters the most, you know. So I'd rather be in the opposite side of things where. You know, you win on the scoreboard, and that's that's my job as a head coach. I got to figure out a way for us to score more points and win games uh, than losing thirteen to three. All right, yeah, BYU uh, snapped eighty-one times for four hundred and sixteen yards, and if you if you top four hundred yards in offense, especially against this team, Kalani, you're expecting more than a field goal. Exactly, and you're expecting to see a lot of touchdowns. And um, for some reason, we weren't able to punch the plays in in the end zone, and and that's really it's hard to to win games when you only score three points. It's 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 really difficult, but it's even harder when you when you have so much, so many yards and so many first downs to look at, you know. And, and this is a frustrating game, and uh, we I'm, I'm really upset about it. And um, but you know, committed to working through it and, and finding a way to so that this doesn't show up again because um, we we should, we're a way better team than this, and and it's frustrating. But you have to give a lot of credit to San Diego State. They did some good things on defense, and they did more on their defensive side than we did on ours. So. 
uh, you know, they were able to win the game, and that's that's a frustrating part for me. Coach, maybe it's uh, old habits die hard as a player. You want to move on as quickly as possible from, you know, t- a bitter loss like this. So well, my, my question is around, you know, approaching the 15 practices that you get for the bowl game and the bowl game. This year, this season we had the chance to see a lot of a lot of different players at a lot of different positions and a lot of young players. In other words, players that will be returning. Do you kind of what, – what is the strategy using these 15 practices in the bowl game? Do you use those – you kind of just finish out the season with the existing core or do you insert an element of competition where you know some lineups might be mixed up for the bowl game in anticipation of spring ball and fall camp where there it looks like there will be plenty of fierce battles being played out to you know start next season yeah i think the competition's got to be got to be ramped up um in the bowl bowl part and then that's what every position everyone needs to compete for their, their starting spot and you have all these these practices to work with and uh, um, you know, obviously our guys play hard. And we just weren't able to put it all together and to win the game. So that's frustrating. Get, uh, I get that. But um, we have to compete and we have to work hard during the bowl game to get better. And that's for next year, but that's also for um, for the seniors. You know, this is the last game with them. And so we've got to, we owe them, you know. And the seniors have done a lot of things in leadership and trying to get this team running the way it is. And they'll pay off when they see this team compete next year. But uh, next year begins now, and it starts with this next week and getting, getting ready. We're giving them two days off um, to get their academics and everything in order, and then we're going right back to work and starting practicing and, and even hitting our Saturday practices. So it's going to be – coach is going to be out recruiting a little bit, but for the most part we need to win this bowl game and we need to take advantage of all these practices and, and like you said, compete. Our, all our guys need to compete for every position, and we need to try guys at different spots and, and to be creative and innovative on in finding ways to, to get the best 11 on the field. Kalani, what's happened to BYU's kicking game? Uh, the season opened 10 for 11 on field goals, and since then, 5 for 13. That's just too weird of a flip-flop. Yeah, it's just it's one of the most frustrating parts of of, uh, of the profession. And right now, I got we got to figure figure that out. Myself, Ed Lamb, and our coaches, we've got to find uh, the answer. And um, you know, we, we've competed. Skyler just deserved the starting spot, and. Um, you know, it, it didn't. It didn't start out well. I mean, with this game, I mean, I think the first field goal was good, but after that, it was it was a uh, it was it was trouble. We we took our time getting getting lined up and and had a delay game. Uh, it was close, you know, but even that one was missed. And um, and then you know, just the just the the missed other missed field goals. It's just not 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 good for us. And uh, it's not even that. You, you look at our punting game; wasn't didn't, didn't didn't do well enough either. So we averaged what thirty two yards. Thirty two yards on four kicks. That's not gonna that's not gonna do it either. So um, you know, other than the cover teams on kickoff and the return teams, they, we never had an opportunity to return a, a kickoff. But uh, you know, the kicking game's got to improve. We got to score more points and defensively, let's get more uh, turnovers. And that's no. a, it's a simple way to right. say it. Not not the reason that you lost tonight at all, but Jackson McChesney didn't play a snap after playing a huge role for you last week. Is he healthy? Did he have to sit out tonight? Yeah, uh, he's healthy, and I, I don't know why he didn't get any snaps. And uh, we'll look at that. You know, so okay. he was uh, available. Then is what you're saying? Yeah, he yeah. was he was available for okay. everything. So yeah. um, uh, I'll watch the film and, and uh, have have a, a lot of uh, concerns and things that we need to look at and then try to get the. Get more points on the board. That's yeah. my main concern. Again, it wasn't the reason, but uh, you know the running backs averaged uh, 2.2 and 1.7 yards per carry tonight. And I just wondered if he was not if he was not being played for a reason. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Zach Wilson tonight. Uh, he ends up with his career low in pass efficiency as a starter, but he threw it 53 times tonight. This was going to be a night where you had to chuck it a lot to get to where you wanted to be. How do you kind of rate his night overall without getting too deep into the film and, and looking at everything play by play? I don't know what his completion percentage was. Do you know offhand? And so I have to take a look at some of the missed throws that he had and if how if it was an accuracy thing or or a route thing, but obviously it doesn't really matter. It goes down on whoever's at fault when it needs to be fixed. And so, um, and we knew we were going to throw the ball a lot, but, you know, probably should have thrown for more more yards and connected more downfield. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to evaluate all of it. Yeah. That's that's my job. i got to get that done. Yeah, 58.5% on the uh, on the completion percentage. Yeah. It's a weird night because he has his, you know, career high in, in completions and attempts. And actually in total offense, but uh, it's always going to be about points instead of yards, as you well know, and, mm-hmm. and they weren't there for BYU. All right, so now it's uh, it's out of San Diego and, and back into bowl prep here. How do you want the next couple of days to settle before you bring your guys back in and, and get after it? Well, I think the guys are going to get you know, go to church tomorrow and um, get understand where they're at and then uh, learn and get better, but... Uh, we have to get back on academics as well, take care of those little things. So we, uh, you know, end of the season, I asked them to uh, to empty their tanks. They did, and so now we need them to recover, and we'll start to work on Wednesday, and then and from then on, it's pretty much practice every day until until the bowl game, other than Sunday. Kalani, thanks for your time. Safe travels. We'll see you soon. All right, guys. Thank you. Kalani Sitaki on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation now. BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Juergens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel. It is the BYU Dining, BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now broadcast. Hashtag BYUCNN. Let us hear it on Twitter. Hashtag BYUCNN or let us hear it on the email. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Final score tonight here in San Diego. San Diego State 13 and BYU 3. We'll break it down some more and get into some of the big picture stuff. But uh, to begin the uh, Cougar Nation Now broadcast. Let's uh, check back in with some closing comments from Coach Rocky Long. His team defeats BYU 13-3 to tonight, and uh, Rocky had nothing but praise for this stingy Aztecs defense. Gave up a lot of yards to BYU, but three points. That'll win you most games. And in the 10 years I've been here, that's by far the best defensive performance when you count from the first game to the last game. I mean, uh I don't know what it's going to look like statistically because we gave up about 100 yards on that last drive. But if you look uh, at national statistics, I think we're in the top 25 in about eight or ten categories of defense. I mean, after 12 games, that's that's a pretty amazing thing for the teams that we play because the teams that we play score a whole bunch of points normally. And I think we're in the top two or three in scoring defense and top ten in total defense and I mean that's uh, the players have to be commended for playing that well coming into the season your biggest concern was up front on the defense was that the catalyst to the whole no I think it's all of them together I mean uh, in fact I was real frustrated the last two games that we got good pressure on the quarterback and then he scrambles out of there and gets big yardage I mean our defensive linemen need to learn how to squeeze the pocket instead of just running right by those quarterbacks 
but the defensive line played better than probably I expected or anybody else expected to. But secondary was really good, and, and we got the best defensive player in the league in Kiava. I don't know if he's going to get it, but they're they're making a mistake if he's not the defensive player of the year. That last drive by BYU maybe seemed to show how the secondary's progressed the last two years. Well, I think they did a nice job of keeping things in front of them, and when they tried to throw it over the top of them, made some nice plays. And I mean, that's when you play as good a defense as our guys have played this year. That's very frustrating to let people do that to try to run the clock. By the way, uh, but you got to be smarter than your heart tells you to be. And so we gave up the yardage and let them run the clock. Could you talk about some of the turnovers that to reinforce the fumble and the long interception. Well, we uh, we were really lucky on the first one. Now, he made a really good play. Uh, we all out-blitzed him, and we blew a coverage, and there was a guy running down the middle of the field with nobody covering him. Uh, they ran two trick plays. One of them worked, and one of them didn't. So we blitzed everybody. They didn't have enough people to block everybody. Tariq didn't get blocked, and when they did the flea flicker, that gave Tariq just enough time to get there and hit the quarterback. If the quarterback would have had time, it would have been about a 70-yard touchdown pass. So we took a chance, and Tariq made a really good play. Got there before the guy could throw it. Thoughts on uh, Carson Baker's performance? I, I thought it was okay. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I didn't know what to expect. I thought he handled himself confidently. He didn't look like he got frustrated. He didn't look like he got. Uh, I don't know, off kilter. He stayed in the game. He did what he could. He made a couple really good throws, made a good throw right before halftime. That was a great throw. And then made a couple nice throws down the sidelines uh, where the receivers went up and caught the ball, but he put it where they could catch it and the defensive back couldn't make a play. So he made some really nice throws there. I mean, uh, uh, for the first time out and never playing in a college football game, he probably played really, really well. Hopefully that's a sign that he's going to be a really good quarterback. You thought about possibly playing Brookshire or something too. What changed that? Uh, we thought Carson was doing just fine. And Brookshire played. He didn't play a whole series, but he went in there for a couple of running plays. Coach, what are your thoughts on uh, your chance to now to have the fourth 10-win team in the last five years to win next week? 50-50. We played one more game. We could win. We could lose. <laughs> What does that say about the program? Well, I don't know. I, I thought uh, uh, some of the comments about us winning eight games and that wasn't good enough, I thought that was ridiculous. I mean, I, I think that uh, anytime you win eight or nine games, you ought to be celebrating. And the, the people that don't celebrate that, they must have a real sad life. <laughs> does 10 wins mean anything to you? Yeah, it's another win. All right, there it is. Rocky Long, the head coach of the San Diego State Aztecs. His team defeats BYU by a score of 13-3 to tonight. I thought he may have undersold his quarterback's performance a little bit. Maybe he doesn't want to get him too big-headed, but the kid really came in and I thought played a good game for uh, someone who had not been in a game yet at this level. Uh, again, a pass efficiency rating north of 150. He looked composed. I mean, five incompletions. He only threw it 24 times, Riles, but five incompletions on the night. 
and a, at least one or two or throwaways. Look, Helix High School is one of the premier programs, not only in Southern California, but across the country. So when a kid plays his prep career at a place like that, and he was a multi-year starter, you know he's he's got something. That doesn't just happen, right? And so he's got something to it, and, and he showed it. And I'm sure this is a kid, even though he hasn't taken any snaps, he's been preparing to take snaps to be the guy. And he also had an opportunity here in the 12th game of the season with Agnew being a senior to get kind of uh, to be the leader in the clubhouse to winning the job towards next year. I don't know what will happen with San Diego State, quite frankly, doesn't interest me that much. But if he gets to start in the bowl game again, uh, you know, he could uh, shore up at least the first crack at the job uh, heading into next season. But, no, against this BYU defense that have made, you know, very good quarterback, Keaton Slovis against USC, you know, they turned the ball over multiple times with him, and they've, you know, they uh, held Jacob Eason to to, uh, some minimal yards, Tyler Huntley, and some other good quarterbacks throughout the year. Jordan Love, they frustrated some really good quarterbacks. A kid comes out in his first start and was not phased by anything that the BYU defense did and did what he was asked to do, and it culminated in a victory. We'll take a break. We'll come back on Cougar Nation Now. You can send us your tweets, hashtag BYUCNN for BYU Cougar Nation Now. That's hashtag BYUCNN. We'll hear from Mitchell Juergens and your thoughts via Twitter and the email. You can drop us an email, the, the snail, nail, snail mail of the modern day, at, uh, at uh, Cougar Nation Now at byu.edu cougar nation now one long word at byu.edu so tweet us or email us we'll see where your questions and comments take us after this on the new skin byu sports network you're listening to cougar nation now on the new skin byu sports network here's your host the voice of the cougars greg rubel well, we've discovered that Rocky Long agrees with Zach Wilson. The flea flicker was wide open. <laughs> Rocky said it was going to go for a 70-yard touchdown, but the length of the play, duration-wise, uh, gives the Aztecs just enough time to get to Zach. And right as he brings the arm back or gets ready to cock the arm, it gets stripped from his possession. Huge turnover as BYU was fashioning a nice little drive and, and had an open play on a trick play on a play that never came to fruition. And this was kind of it was a one play game until the very end. Essentially, San Diego State wins it by a score of thirteen to three. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Before we bring in Mitchell Jurgens, we'll bring in this comment from Zach Andrus, who asks, "Where was the fire and the emotion we saw in the Boise State and Utah State game? Seems like a bowl game and an extension made them soft." Now I can't get into the heads of everyone on that staff and 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 locker room, um, but at this stage of the season, the winning record is set, the bowl game is set. The extension's set. future's kind of set. It's all about, to me, at this point, it was winning out. Can you win out? Can you keep the win streak going? Can you win out and say, hey, a nine-win season, bookend nine-win seasons is a pretty solid thing. That won't be a possibility now. Was it enough to generate the fire and the juice needed to get this thing done tonight? I don't know if it came down to fire and juice, but I get a lot of comments tonight just about that aspect of it. What is driving you? What is the emotional level from where are you playing this game? And uh, it'll always be a tough question to answer in the era of independence uh, because your 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 goals are, are different than they used to be, and that's an annual challenge for BYU. But I don't know that BYU loses for lack of emotion tonight, but um, it, it certainly is a, a uh, uh, you know, kind of a thud or a dud to end what was a pretty successful capping uh, run to, to end the season. That, that That's the sad thing. There's another game to play, and they can go lights out and, and really finish things out the right way. But from where they were to where they got to tonight – 
even though San Diego State guys is legit as it comes defensively, it just didn't feel right. Yeah, if I can weigh in on that, I I think the fire was, I mean, I, I was I was in the press box and uh, BYU alum Dave Nixon, right? He's BYU TV guy, so he was here and he was like. At halftime, he was saying, "It feels like we're in control of the game, but obviously, you know, we're down seven to three. And I, it was, it's hard to agree with him at that point, with the exception of third. Hard to down, disagree or hard to hard agree? To, hard to disagree with him. Sorry, Greg. Thank you. Um, but uh, here's what I'll say. Here's what we've learned. Look, every team you have to objective, you have to objectively evaluate yourself, or as a fan, you have to objectively evaluate your team. And what this team is not is a team that grinds out victories. All of their victories come came with." Big, flashy moment, right? Even think Tennessee. You think, oh, no, that was close, and it went into overtime, and they grinded that one out. Well, no, it was a miraculous play to Micah Simon that made that thing even possible, right? And then they went toe-to-toe in an overtime situation. Uh, against USC, you had the diving interceptions all over the place, right? It wasn't it wasn't a grinded-out, boring, you know, I, I like to think of like a 1980s, 70s or 80s football game. This team just doesn't win that way. They win with big plays or trick play. He talked about, he mentioned uh, the Boise State and USU games. Well, those were games we scored on Two we scored on trick plays. Boise yeah. State, there were two. Yeah, yeah. right? Trick plays and, and all those things. And and so um, th- that's how this team wins. And that look, that's okay. You just got to make sure coming in that you're gon- going to manufacture those and you don't come into the game thinking that you're going to grind it out when you're not a grinder. So a- every team has its identity, uh, and that's uh, a little bit of the weakness of the identity of this 2019 team got exposed tonight. Mitchell Jurgens. Yeah, and uh, you know that's it's a hard. Hang on, hang on a sec, Mitch. Your mic's not live yet. I can hear. Okay. I okay. Can't here hear. we go. Go ahead, Mitch. We good? Yeah. You go ahead. Okay. So you know, as as far as um, the the fire and, mo- and emotion from the sideline, it, BYU's kind of had had issues in the past this whole season with um, you know when things are good. When when BYU's winning, when they're converting drives from the scoring touchdowns, the, the fire and the emotion is there. When it's not, when they're losing, um, it, it's really hard to. And it's a hard balance. I mean, when when things aren't going well, players tend to kind of sit on the bench and and wonder, you know, who's going to be the player that steps up and turns this thing around. And um, I, I saw a little bit of that there on the sideline, and it was hoping that someone would come in and step up and, and get those guys fired up um, because it's true. I mean, at that point, yeah, you weren't playing to become bowl eligible. You weren't playing um, for the conference championship, as, as we've, we've alluded to, with being independent. But there, there's so much more to play for. And each, you know, I, I love what you said, Riley, that you've got to internalize and, and, and really self-evaluate, you know, what is – what is our purpose as a team? What is my? What can be my individual contribution to this team? And it, it should always be, you know, every time I step on that field, I want to help this team win. And if it's not going well, I'm I want to be that spark plug that's going to help create that fire and emotion. And, and we just didn't see too too much of that tonight. Um, they've got a long time to prepare for this game in Hawaii, and you know, I definitely want to see some players step up. Kalani talked that there's going to be competition. Um, and, you know, I'm excited to see who's going to show up. And, and as Kalani mentioned, I definitely know that, you know, he's going to be a guy who's going to say, hey, if you can show me and prove to me in these next 15 practices that you're the man for the job, then they're going to find the best 11 who can be on the field. 
Mitch, I was. It, it's hard for me because I always assume this role is the guy who said something when I felt like something needed to be said. But vocal leadership is sometimes diminished, even mm-hmm. even mocked at times. Um, and granted, if, if you cannot be vocal if you're not backing it up between the sidelines. But what you've mentioned that multiple times, how you'd like to see someone on the sidelines. Um, be that be that vocal person is is that a little bit what you're talking about the person that rallies the troops up and and actually says something or when you're saying that there's something missing on the sideline what is it you know and it, I think because when I was a player I got to play almost my entire career actually um, yeah every single year I was on the team we had Jamal Williams um, we had guys like Kainakua and Harvey Longy and and they were your motiv- motivational vocal leaders they they showed it on the on the on the field as well so they were able to back that up but it was a culture of when things were tough they were guys that started yelling and started you know just building teammates up to say hey we can do this not necessarily where are you guys at but it, it's more of we are still in this. We can still win this game. It's not going to take one big play. Let's, you know, as you've mentioned, let's grind it out. Let's, you know, get first downs and that's it. You know, start with the baby steps and then it's going to turn into something. But almost that positive reinforcement that I think when things get tough, it's easy for players to think, oh, this is too far out of hand and we can't do it. And so where are those players that are coming in saying this is uh, I mean, that we can accomplish this, we can win this game, but we need all of us. And and so that's kind of what I'm referring to. I played with great guys who were those vocal leaders, um, who I respected, um, you know, and Jamal Williams, Kainakua, Harvey Longy, those guys that um, that that were that did such a great job at that. Um, and so I'd love to just see a little bit more of that from those senior leaders on that team. Mitchell Jurgens, Riley Nelson, and me, Greg Grubel, here in our broadcast booth at SDCCU Stadium, San Diego State 13 and BYU 3. Deborah on the email, CougarNation now at BYU.edu. Why not give the quarterback who's undefeated as a starter, Baylor Romney, a chance in the second half, she asks. Kalani was asked about if he thought at any point of going to another quarterback besides Zach Wilson, and Kalani's answer was, no, not really. That fair to say, Mitch? Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what he said, and um, I think it comes down to you know Zach Wills. I mean, he's a he's a great athlete. Um, there's no there's no denying that his performance as a quarterback has has led him to be able to earn the start for the San Diego State game, especially looking to last week against UMass. And I mean, you've got to tape your cap to the San Diego State defense. They did not make things easy. Um, Zach Wilson even said in his post game that um, he he couldn't you know, get too comfortable in that pocket because it kept collapsing. There were um, all the throws that they forced him to make were off balance and he, he didn't have that foundation. And, um, you know, no matter who was back there, it would have been a difficult task for the mm-hmm. quarterback at hand. Um, you know, I, I love Kalani and, and uh, the fact that he sticks with his guys. And, um, you know, obviously there's going to be a new competition for this next week, but um, knowing Kalani and how he does treat who's going to be the starting quarterback, I, I can, you know, fully... Um, understand that whoever's going to be out there against Hawaii is the one who won the job. Zach Wilson tonight had a career high in completions, career high in attempts, his second highest passing yardage total, his highest total offense number, and his lowest pass efficiency rating as a starter. It was that kind of night. So Zach on the year played in eight games, uh, started eight games, and will have a pass efficiency number lower than his freshman year. He'll certainly have the lower pass efficiency number than both Romney and Hall, 
the mitigating factors there are time played. Uh, Jaron and Baylor saw cameos compared to Jaron playing and starting eight games. And you could argue Zach had the harder schedule in the first month than those other guys did. But both had their soft spots or softer spots. But, you know, you start Baylor-Romney against Boise, that's a handful. Um, you know, Zach gets a start against UMass and carves them up, as you might have expected him to, and he did. Um, it'll be interesting to look once the season is all done, what each of these guys did. Um, but, I, you know, certainly when BYU's had to go to a two or a three, those guys stepped up and played really well. And uh, and, and Zach, and it kind of goes for the teams, didn't have it tonight. I mean, it just, it just, it just wasn't there. It wasn't all connecting at the right – the numbers were there. It's kind of weird because the numbers – were there in a lot of ways. Now, 58% is not a great number, um, but you've seen a lot of guys win games at 58%. Um, so the numbers were there, and the, and, the, and the points were not. And it wasn't just Zach. He throws two picks. He does get stripped. So he's involved in the three turnovers tonight. Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, and a lot of tweets coming in are, are referencing, you know, why not go to Romney? And I still, Great, can I, I still, suggest yeah, sure, one, one last thing, too. I still don't know how ready Baylor is right yeah. now because we didn't see him in the regular pregame. He came out at the very, very end, but when they take their 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 last pregame before the locker room, he wasn't out there. I don't even know if Baylor's all the way ready to go, and that might have influenced some of the thinking as well. But they may have all just also thought, you know what, it's a one-score game, was till basically the end. Zach's the guy, let, 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 let's have him work his way through this thing. So I don't know that it's the reason BYU loses tonight. So that's what I was going to suggest is – uh, well, whoever would have struggled is what you're saying. Whoever would, but but I was going to say people. Why not Baylor? Why not? Be, we, we don't know. It's it's a mystery as to what even his his initial health issue was. Why he was unavailable the last two we weeks. Think it's a, we two, think it's a foot. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a foot or an ankle yeah. or something. But we don't have a clear. We weren't given a clear prognosis or recovery time on it, and we don't know where he sits currently. And this is a, a little bit. It's a little bit close to home for me because I experienced injuries both my junior and senior year, and and they were somewhat vague. Heck, I. I broke ribs and had a collapsed lung, and from what the reports to the media my junior year, and the reports were like I had some sprained, I had some bruised ribs, right? But no, I spent <laughs> spent three days in the hospital, right, trying to fix my lung. And then my senior year, I hurt my back, and it was anything from like oh a minor back sprain to you know I ended up fracturing some bones. But and and I'm not, I still am not sure where I stand on the whole keeping vague the injury report because I don't know that it has that much effect on the opponent giving opponent an advantage or a disadvantage but I, I digress a little bit into a little bit of uh, personal because there was a lot of speculation around some injuries that I had and that thing has continued with Baylor I think we're all assuming I, and I don't know and because we are kind of kept in the dark but we're all assuming that Baylor is the Baylor that we saw against Boise State and Utah State but he may not be he may be out there at 70% mm. and a 70% Baylor is yeah. probably not as good as a 95% Zach. Yeah. It's a good so. point. Solid point. Um the run, uh Jason Burton uh tweets in hashtag #BYUCNN why not give McChesney a carry to see if he can get something going. Makes no sense he said. So we asked about it because I, 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 I speculated on the air that, well, maybe Jackson is hurt to an extent where he couldn't go tonight because we did see him leave the game against UMass, but he came back in and ran for 50, but then I thought, okay, well, after the game and during the week it blows up or whatever. But in terms of, uh, but from Kalani's perspective, uh, Jackson was available tonight, but he didn't get a single snap. And, and I only brought it up, and again, not as the reason BYU lost the game, but the other two running backs were both averaging under three yards a carry. And, and again, you could use the same position and the same supposition and say, well, whoever's back there, they're going to struggle to run against San Diego State. But I would have liked to at least have emptied the tank at the running back position tonight to see what was there, to see what might have worked. Because Jackson was special. I know and it, it's hard. UMass is brutal. I get it. 
But even before that, Jackson was showing was showing signs. And I just wanted to see what he would look like given a carry or two. Uh, it's what San Diego State did. They ran three, four guys tonight. Yeah, well, and there was two of them that it was their first carry right. of the season. They ran a bunch. They ran more than th- they ran four or five guys tonight. They just wanted to see if something would stick. And sure enough, one of the first carries to one of the new guys, he busted twenty-two yarder, and 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 it was it was a solid drive. So I was curious about the McChesney thing, and and he answered it that way. Yeah, and and you know I think we all are uh, obviously because of it, it came in direct, um, you know. Uh, sequence from the UMass game where, where he does break out um, and everyone's on this Jackson McChesney high as far as man this guy's incredible um, and, and so you know I, I actually as as we kind of talked about it off air hey hey where's Jackson McChesney um, I started to kind of go up and down the sideline and he, he had his mouthpiece in gloves on um, I was kind of waiting for him to go in not sure why he didn't um, but uh, but yeah he, he seems to be a guy that you know looking into this next week uh, preparation for Hawaii, um, he's he's going to be a guy that's going to be con- needs to be considered and uh, to not only um, compete for carries but provide a spark plug for this BYU offense. It is hashtag BYUCNN for BYU Cougar Nation now. It is Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. If you want to drop us an email, Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu or hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Before the break, Robert Smith asking about the uh, 12 seconds left in the first half. BYU taking a knee. Uh, San Diego State scored right before the half. Cougars took a knee and took two mi- uh, took two, uh, left two timeouts on the board going into the locker room. He wondered why you at least don't use timeouts and or try to gain yards in 12 seconds from where they were. Uh, I guess at the moment, and even now I don't quibble with the decision, I would think it's what most teams would do. Uh, it's a one-score game granted. There were timeouts left, but I think at that point they were, you know what, we're going to go resettle and, and figure some things out uh, for the second half as opposed to risking something maybe late in the half in their own territory, giving San Diego State a shot to do something else. I guess I wouldn't have any major qualms with it. Yeah, with the context of the second half, you're like, man, you need to take every opportunity to put points away. But at that point in the game, keep in mind, they were outgaining them. It was at that ha- at that point in the game when they when they kneeled it out before half, it was like, ah, the ball just we just need to finish a couple of these drives and we'll be fine. Um, I think it was Robert. I I would you know I'd like to play for Robert. He seems to be uh, <laughs> uh, pedal to the metal the entire game, right? <laughs> if there's any time left, you're going and trying to score. But uh, it, it was it was a justifiable decision when you look in the second half and you're you want you're like oh that was a missed opportunity, but it, it was the right one. But uh, I commend him for for his attitude and. Uh, if he ever coaches Little League in the Bountiful area, I'll tell him to come <laughs> co- help me coach my sons. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. It is BYU Creamery, BYU Dining, Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU falls to San Diego State tonight by a score of 13-3. to Official attendance tonight, uh, 28,180. So what this loss tonight does is end a couple of streaks, uh, a couple of winning streaks, actually. BYU had a five-game win streak over San... Uh, oh, BYU had a five-game win streak in the season. BYU also had a six-game win streak going over San Diego State. Both those streaks fall by the wayside. The best the Cougars can do now is finish eight and four. Uh, chances at nine and uh, eight and finish five. eight and five. Chances of nine and four are gone. The Cougars can finish uh, 
at 8-5. and five. They fall into 7-5 tonight. They get a bowl game on Christmas Eve against an opponent to be determined, and uh, San Diego State will also play in the bowl game. They're at 9-3 and three now, so a chance for a 10-win season for San Diego State. And uh, as was similar, in fact, as David Welker notes on the Twitter, Dave Welker, hashtag BYUCNN, he says San Diego State reportedly had the best defense BYU'd seen since Utah. Ironically, BYU gives them three turnovers, just like Utah. And so the common thread between the season-opening loss and the season-ending loss is minus three in the turnover margin. You're not going to win a ton of games at minus three. And that's what BYU was. Not only were they minus three, no takeaways in either the Utah game or the San Diego State game. Now, granted, San Diego State's one of the best teams in the country. Seven giveaways through 12 games for the Aztecs. That's legit. And that's, a, you know, people say turnovers are an act of uh, a random act, that, that you can't predict them, you can't. Co- I think you can, you probably, I think it's interesting evidence you can probably coach ball security because they're one of the best and have been for a long, long time under Rocky Long. Yeah, you look at they manufactured on two of the three. So on the first interception and on the fumble, they brought pressure, which on the first one forced an errant throw, and on the second one got home. <coughs> forgive me, got home and caused a fumble uh, on the on a backside blitz. So uh, you got to be. You gotta look. You can't just blitz to blitz, too. You gotta blitz the right guys in the right situations, and they have to know how to execute a blitz. It doesn't do any good to send all of your defenders into, uh, you know, an awaiting. You have to be able to architect it such that uh, your guys are putting the best chance to wreak havoc or cause that havoc. And that is something that San Diego State showed here tonight. It's something that Utah obviously has been known for, and it's something that we saw flashes of BYU doing uh, at points in this season. It, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know. It's not the most entertaining model, the San Diego State model or the or the Utah football model. I kind of see them as as similar, you know, defense, defense, great defense, good special teams, and an offense that doesn't screw it up for the defense or special teams. And uh, so you look at those models, and here San Diego State gets their ninth win, and uh, and Utah obviously, you know, is enjoying um, unprecedented success in their season too. So be interested to see, you know, what path BYU follows. Do we still can continue to try and chase the offensive greatness of of the 80s and 90s or do we you know kind of tend lean more towards Mm. that other model something totally overlooked tonight is how well the BYU defense played generally uh they allow I mean if, if, if you allow 269 and and 12 first downs and four and a half yards per play and a four for 14 on third downs you're going to expect to win that game and especially when you find out how, how well the offense did relative to that. Almost twice as many first downs, 150 more uh, total yards, more yards per play, per rush and per completion, better third down numbers. All those things taken together, you've got to win that game. A team scores 13 on you with 12 first downs, you win that football game. How do you not when you're at 400-plus and all these other things? Well, it's, it's quite simple. You, 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 you miss two field goals, and you turn the ball over three times, and you lose the game. Those three turnovers are chances to score points that go away. Field goal misses are obvious points to score games that don't exist, and that's your ball game. BYU did certainly enough to expect to win. They didn't because of essentially uh, five snaps of the ball, three on turnovers and two placements on field goals, and that's your ball game. Yeah, and uh, let's Kalani mentioned him, and we talked about him during the broadcast. But their punter Heckline, that was booming it and uh, did not give much opportunity for a return uh, outside from the first one that he wobbled. But every one after that was directional and inside the twenty, with a couple inside the ten. 
um, that makes it extremely hard too. That's a stat that you've followed for a long time, Greg, on the on the field position, and it was one that they lost tonight. So turnovers and field position is pretty much a death sentence for any team in college football, but especially this BYU program. Yeah, uh, Brandon Heiklin on the night tonight, 46.1 yard average to BYU's 32. And so BYU's minus eight in average starting field position uh, has contributions from uh, the punt game. That's a big part of it. One of the great things about ASFP is, of course, uh, everything contributes to it. If you turn the ball over on your side of the field, that's going to be a short field, um, and it reflects an ASFP, so everybody has something to say about it. Uh, question for Riley coming in from Blue Falcon, 1594 on the Twitter. A lot of fans, he says, are frustrated that Matt Bushman isn't being targeted more in key situations. Is he not being utilized enough, or are defenses shutting him down? I tell you that by noting that he was the team's co-receiving leader tonight in receptions with six for a total of 59 yards and long of 22. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, there were three times where, according to the pre-snap look that I got as I'm watching from up top, I would have gone to Bushman. And two of those times, that's where Zach's eyes went immediately. But he was actually bracketed on both of those plays. One was a third down where I thought, oh, the, based on the pre-snap look, this ball's going to him. You know, assuming he's on, you know, a route that I thought he was on. And both times he was on uh, quick to intermediate routes, perfect for, you know, a third down and medium or to get you going on first or second down. And both times a safety inverted late to double cover him. And that's been something that we've seen. There have been a couple of games where he just hasn't been targeted. He hasn't been part of the game plan. But those were both wins when we didn't necessarily um, you know, quote-unquote, need him. You always need him because you want to feed him and you want to keep him engaged and, and done there. But uh, Matt's an interesting guy. As as far as tight end goes, he's big and he's physical. We saw that a couple times after the catch. He was dragging defenders and was, uh, you know, able to do a lot of good things after he caught it tonight, and he did get six balls. But he's not, uh, he's not the fat – like, he's not going to – he provides a mismatch with his size – but not necessarily with his speed. And so um, that could be some ways where if he can't win with size against certain defenses, he can be somewhat neutralized. Uh, so you can neutralize his defense with, or with size or you know just by putting a faster guy on him where he can't create separation. Yeah, and the, the only thing I will say to that as well is you know, when I look at the situation, and, and I mean, you're right, when you have a target like Matt Bushman who does have size, um, I, I think there are certain situations where you can um, utilize him in those big situations. The two balls that I'm thinking of are right at the end of the game where you throw the um, you throw the fade to Micah Simon um, here to, to one side of the end zone, and then the very next play you go to Gunnar Romney on the other side. And, and those might be two situations where you throw Matt, whether it's the tight end's position or you know the Z or X receiver, just throw Matt out there where he has a clear size advantage on the corner to see if that is going to be a one-on-one matchup and then give him an opportunity in that situation to, to have a jump ball for a touchdown, um, but but you're right. I mean, teams are very aware of his size, of his ability, and many times he's you know bracketed, double teamed. Um, but you know, with that said, I think as you look to your playmakers, and and not just Matt, there are two players that I've. I mean, this entire season, Micah Simon and Talon Shumway, they're making plays. Those three guys are, you know, in key situations. You need to be looking to get them the ball in those big moments uh, because those are the guys that are going to come down with, with big plays more often than not. So just really quick on, on that, and I agree with you, 
But just because a player is great or good does not mean they're great or good at everything. Because when you talk about fades, I I played with one of the greatest tight ends in BYU history in Dennis Pitta, and Dennis Pitta was not a fade guy. Dennis Pitta was a work the middle in zones. You get him him manned up over the middle of the field. But we tried. In fact, we tried in this stadium in 2009 when we came and played, and Dennis actually – Caught one of his only fade fade uh, catches in the end zone for a touchdown, but we tried multiple times earlier and later in that season, and he just wasn't a jump ball guy. Similar with Matt Bushman, he's just because you're you're an overall great player means that there are certain things, and and that I I don't know. I haven't been to every practice, and I haven't seen all the times that they've tried it. If it's something that they haven't tried, they definitely should. But it could just be a thing where it's not a strong suit of his. Correct. Uh, specifically yeah, no, speaking I of agree. the fade, yeah, I agree. I mean, because he is—he's your over-the-middle guy. He's—he's he's one of the best in college football when it comes to sit, finding windows, sitting in holes. Um, he's got a great feel for the game as far as you know, working the middle of the field. And so, yeah, I agree. I mean, if it's—if it's not his strong suit, then you know, no harm done. But if it—if it can be, you know, why not? You know, um, try it with him and see if it is something that's going to work. Where it because it didn't necessarily with some of your other receivers. Totally unrelated field goal stat before we take a break and give our listeners a chance to win some ice cream. Since making a 51-yard field goal in the loss to South Florida, BYU has attempted a grand total of 10 field goals, none longer than 39 yards. Okay, so, so since hitting from 51, everything they've tried since has been inside 40. And of all those tries, all 10 of them, BYU's made four from 22, 28, 24, and 24. So the only ones they've made are chip shots. And the ones they've missed are 39, 38, 38, 28, and 26. So, And this is all after a, a certain stage where BYU opened up 10 for 11 kicking field goals this year from Jake Oldroyd. It has gone from tremendous to terrible, and I don't know how or why. It's weird. Uh, the same guys, in this case, we have to add Southam because Southam got the nod over Oldroyd tonight. They can't make a kick. And uh, and tonight it helped cost them the game. Very strange how the season has gone in kicking. And as Kalani noted, too, the punting game was not strong tonight. Uh, 32 yards on, on four kicks. All right. Let's head to break by giving our listeners a chance to win two gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. This is BYU Creamery and BYU Dining Cougar Nation. Now, the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Here we go. And this is courtesy of BYU Game Notes, the uh, BYU Game Notes account. you got to follow it during games. It's wonderful. At BYU Game Notes. So the at BYU Game Notes stat says, Talon Shumway, uh, with 62 yards tonight, is over 500 receiving yards this season. He's now the third BYU receiver with more than 500 yards this year. Micah Simon and Matt Bushman are the others. So Micah, Matt, and Talon are the three guys at 500-plus. It is the first time since 2015 that the Cougs have had three players with at least 500 receiving yards. Question for you, and you have to get all three. Who were the three guys in 2015 that were at 500-plus? Mitch, you got a good feel for this? I do. Okay, we're going to see what Mitch thinks and what you think coming up next. So you can email us, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu, or you can tweet us, Hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. And the first correct response we get, to the best of my ability to discern that, will win two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. 
who were the three receivers in 2015 who all topped 500 yards receiving? That's our question. The answer is coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, uh, welcome back here at uh, SDCCU Stadium in San Diego. Turns out a lot of folks know the answer that I thought was tough to get. And not only that, but a lot of folks got the answer at the same time, which may mean we're giving away multiple gallons to multiple winners tonight. Um, This happened last week due to something that may or may not have been operator error on my part, uh, and the creamery is good for it. I may ask them to do it again. So I may say we have two winners tonight because I can't determine to the second how these answers came in. But two came in in the same minute, and the first ones I got were one on the email and one on the Twitter. And so um, Richard and Joyce McCune's email account gave us the correct answer, and Ryan Lundgren gave us the correct answer, along with other former famous BYU quarterbacks tuning in tonight that may also have had the correct answer. So I'm looking at the timestamps, Greg, and the correct answer came in at 10.51, Probably 30 seconds after at 10.52, BYU great, all-time great John Beck sends a text to my phone because he doesn't have a Twitter account, I think. Get with it, John. I think he Anyways, does. But, uh, no, he does, but he, he wasn't sure about the hashtag. Right, right, right. Anyway, and he got the correct answer, but uh, John missed it by about 30 seconds. I'll tell you what. I will treat John, next time he's uh, up in Provo, I'll treat him to creamery myself. So you're taking care of John. Yeah. I have to take care of the other two folks, though, however. And uh, and, and Mitchell Jorgens was part of this team, and so Mitchell knew right away that the correct answer to the skill testing question, which was, who were the three receivers in 2015 who each topped 500 yards? We asked that because Talon Shumway joined Matt Bushman and Micah Simon with 500-plus on this season's team. And the answer, Mitch, was? It's Mitch Matthews. Yes. Devon Blackman. Yes. And Nick Kurtz. And Nick Kurtz. And there were two guys really close to very, 500 that year. Very Ter- close. Taron Houck and... Myself. And Mitchell Jurgens. <laughs> Taryn at 490 and Mitch at 471 that year. So our congratulations to uh, the McCunes and to Ryan Lundgren, first in with the correct answers tonight on our skill testing trivia question for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. So thanks for playing along. We do appreciate that. As always, we uh, invite you to stick with us till this stage of the program. We will get to you skill testing trivia. All right. Uh, Last couple comments before we close out the show tonight. Uh, At Chaplain Schumann says, The big difference tonight at San Diego State was SDSU's ability to pressure the QB. This will be a growing experience for Zach Wilson. And Zach did reference in his postgame comments um, his lack. I think he said, I wasn't comfortable tonight. Is that accurate, Mitch? Right. Right. Not necessarily that he he wasn't comfortable being out there. That San Diego State put him in uncomfortable positions as far as, you know, collapsing the pocket uh, very fre- frequently, and then forcing him to make throws that were off-balanced. Right before the um, the end of the first half, BYU gets the ball. In fact, we were talking about this, about the middle eight. You want to win the final four minutes of the first half and win the first four minutes of the second half. BYU got the ball with 5.01 to go until halftime. And I thought just a couple of chain movers, and BYU could win the final four and get some points before halftime. Instead, it goes Katoa rush for one, Katoa rush for five, so you're sitting at third and four, false start, off schedule. And on third and nine, they bring the house, 14-yard sack. They give the ball back, and that immediately is followed by the SDSU touchdown drive. 
So taking the sack, well, first of all, the false start followed by taking the sack were huge plays in terms of winning the final four and winning the first four. And then you talked about the punting earlier. That was the punt that, if you remember, we said, oh, and he shanked it. Yeah. And it barely tricked. It, it took a favorable bounce. Even then it was trickled. only 30 yards. Right, exactly, and set them up. Ba- essentially, it was their 39, but essentially with o- only a 61-yard field. Yeah. And they went down and got that touchdown before half, which was the turning point in the game. All right, uh, as we hit the top of the hour, we should probably close things out for the night, and thank you for tuning in to our broadcast day, which began with basketball earlier today. BYU-Montana Tech, Shep had that call with Mark Durant. Then he was in the studio for our broadcast tonight. Uh, ben Bagley handled studio for hoops, so a long broadcasting day comes to an end here in San Diego. Let's give our thanks to the crew back at BYU Radio in Provo, engineer Sean Faith, control board operator Tanner Raw, long day for him and for Terry South, our coordinating producer, intern James, Jason Shepard, Ben Bagley back in the studio. Appreciation, appreciation to the guys back in Utah. Here in San Diego, our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski, our spotter, McKay Perry, our intern, Hayden Wallace, intern James Havel, by the way, appreciation to James back in Provo as well, and our engineers, Michael Wimmer and Barry Squires. And that would leave the guy to my left, Riley Nelson, and the guy to my right, Mitchell Jurgens. And I am Greg Grubel, thanking you for tuning in. San Diego State 13 and BYU 3 is tonight's final score. So in the meantime and in between time, and until our next broadcast of BYU football from the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. My name is Greg Ruel. Thanking you for tuning in to Cougar Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from San Diego. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU Football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.